Howdy, 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 everybody. We're back for episode 44, and of course, well, before we get into that, we're going to be joined by Tony Doyler tonight <laughs> of Revision Reptiles. <laughs> I think it's Doyer. I think it is sure. too. Tony Doyer of uh, Revision Reptiles. Yeah, we're going to be talking about <clears throat> elephant trunk snakes. Uh, it's going to be the main topic of tonight. We just tonight. Call, them, call them Dumbo snakes. Dumbo snakes. Yeah, yeah if you want to. <laughs> See what Tony thinks about that. <laughs> so but, tonight we're going to be talking about Dumbo snakes. And uh, then we might talk a little bit at yellow anacondas and maybe some popcorn carpet. Did you know my anaconda don't want none? Unless you got a paramixo, hun. Which segues perfectly into our question of the week. I'm pretty proud of that just now. That was pretty legit. Nice. So our fish head diagnostics question of the week. (laughs) Dang. Damn, we're good. Backstreet Boys who? We don't even plan these. I know. Like, it's just... What is the paramyxo virus and how is it different from nidovirus? So this is another one of the, the diseases or viruses that we often hear talked about, but a lot of people mm-hmm. don't really know what they're all about, like what their mode of uh, operation is and all that good stuff. So paramyxovirus and nidovirus both have some similarities, but they are different viruses. Paramyxo is a single-stranded enveloped RNA virus that can cause respiratory and neurological signs in multiple species. The family includes four different genera which can infect mammals, birds, and reptiles. Since Ophidian paramyxovirus was first reported as a pathogen of viperid snakes, all viperid species should be considered susceptible to infection, as well as colubrids, boids, and elapids. Other reported venomous species include the Ottoman viper, neotropical rattlesnake, and Aruba Island rattlesnake, and the bush viper complex. Love me some bush vipers. You know? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> me too. A similar virus has been found in a black mamba and multiple species of rat snake, which include corn snakes, beauty snakes, molendorfs, rat snakes, uh, which are the like the flower pot rat snakes. I'm sure you've seen They got the red yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and tiger rat snakes, which is the Spilodes, uh group. Furthermore, in Germany, mixovirus-like viruses were recently recovered from a red-tailed rat snake, a diamond python, and a rhino viper. <coughs> Similar to Nido, uh, paramyxo can cause respiratory disease in juveniles and adults, but it has not been reported in neonates. In the original Fertilance outbreak, the clinical signs lasted 5 to 12 days, which progressed through four stages. Um, There's a link. It says, check out the link for more information on the progression of stages. In many cases, paramyxo infection shows minimal or no clinical signs, and a snake snake scan... Snake scan... Snakes can... Oh, I see. There's a typo. Snakes can be found dead in their cage. It said snake skin, and I'm like, snake skin? Excuse me. Snakes can be found dead in their cage. Other clinical signs can be very nonspecific, such as not eating for a couple weeks, abnormal respiratory sounds, and exit it in the mouth. So, stuff, you know. Gross changes can range from hemorrhage, occluding the lung and air sac, to accumulation of necrotic debris within airways, pancreatic... 
uh, hyperplasia can also occur occur uh, occur 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 <laughs> and has been reported in crotalids liver necrosis and formation of multifocal firm granulomas have been seen can also be seen secondary bacterial infections by pseudomonas species or other opportunistic bacteria are common the microscopic changes observed in nidovirus are characterized by a proliferative pneumonia where the microscopic changes observed in paramyxo are characterized by hyperplastic epithelium lining the favioli. Yep. Furthermore, <laughs> clinical signs for nidovirus and paramyxo often overlap. Snakes infected with paramyxo have, may have abnormal posture, head elevation, restless behavior, open mouth breathing, and irregular, irregular material within the oral cavity or glottis. Occasionally, paramyxo infection may infest as an encephalitis, which is the inflammation of the brain. If neurological signs are seen in a boa or python inclusion body disease, or paramyxo should be ruled out. Similar to nidovirus transmission is through the contact uh, with respiratory secretions, which can become aerosolized. Fomites, such as water bowls, enclosures, and equipment can potentially transfer the virus through, uh, through contamination. Also similar to nidovirus, <coughs> secretion and feces from the digestive tract could per, uh, perpetuate the transmission of paramyxovirus. Presumptive diagnosis of paramyxo and nido infection can be made upon finding characteristic light microscope changes in lung on fixed tissues from necropsy. <clears throat> Ooh, that's a big one. A hemagglutination inhib inhibition test has been developed to determine the presence of specific antibodies to paramyxovirus in plasma slash sera sera of exposed snakes. Blood samples are easily obtainable by cardiac puncture and can be submitted to the University of Florida Infectious Disease Lab by your veterinarian. There is no specific treatment for snakes showing clinical signs of paramyxovirus or nidovirus infection since most affected snakes die due to secondary opportunistic infection. Supportive care is indicated two months should lapse following the last death of paramyxovirus before introducing new animals. Cleaning and disinfection with bleach at a uh, 1 to 33, 1 part to 33 parts bleach to water dilution can be used. Cages should remain empty for at least two weeks before introduction of new animals. Additionally, as a rule, new snakes should not be introduced into a colony of snakes which are, which there is active paramyxo uh, infection. <clears throat> Ill snakes should be removed from the collection and placed in a quarantine room. The University of Florida currently has developed a killed vaccine utilizing two different uh, <clears throat> adjuvants and have completed a one-year study in native naive or native western diamondback rattlesnakes although there was an antibody response to vaccination the response was both variable and transient among the experimental groups over the next year a modified live vaccine will be evaluated the potential for nidovirus vaccine development is unknown but investigation into potential protective mechanisms is warranted for both diseases, prevention is key, so know the health status of your animals, investigate unexplained deaths, and test animals brought into your collection, and share knowledge, not, not no. paramyxo. Oh, I messed up. 
You ruined it! <laughs> this is Justin Smith with Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Bratz with JLB Morelia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Disappointed what? We missed we missed our You missed it. I know, I messed it up, man. I was on point. Get my paper. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Get your coloring book. Fuck you. Whoa. Alright. Dude, why does it make me sweat so much when I do that? Yeah, I don't know. You get nervous. I don't get nervous, it's just like I'm trying to get it all out in one, like, one sentence, you know? You need to chill. Where's my pen? I don't know. Probably have to go get the real one out of my room. Oh, fucking A. Forget it. I need this shit. Cello? Hello? Cello? Dominoes. Oh, I didn't order pizza. It's a little late. How do I sound? It's a little. It's a little. A little, little, little muffled. muffled. Yeah. Little muffled. A little bit. All right, hold on. Let me shut this shit off. How are we doing now? There we there go. It is. Money. All right. How you guys doing? We're good, man. Pretty how are good, you? man. I'm not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. Got to eat a little bit. What'd you eat? What'd you have? Pizza. Dude, so did Went I. Went the cheap route. Did you? Yeah. What'd you get? Went the cheap route. We got Domino's. Oh, uh, I got pizza. You didn't bring me any? Nah, dude. Alright. That shit was good, too, man. I had some thin crust, thin crust cheese with a little garlic, little garlic thin on it. Thin crust pizza is a slide against God. Oh, man. Hmm? Well, we're not even talking about real pizza, so. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Definitely not wrong. Oh man! All right, so I kind of figured. Sorry, we're running behind. It took yeah. me too long to read that two pages. Yeah, of and then we also had to quarant or freaking treat a boyga. Yeah, my male, a new male cyania came in today, so I had to rub. Give I give every like anything that comes in new now. I I just go ahead and rub down with Frontline, whether I yeah. I see mites or not. It's just you. Yeah, doesn't hurt to to just yeah. go ahead and hit them. So. Yep, it so. took you all day to do that. It took you all day. Well, he was at work all day. Yeah, I was at so. work all day. I got up at eight, <laughs> and then like I got home because I was running behind already, anyways. And then like eight twenty-five, Jake's not even here yet, and I was like, oh my god, that's just no worries. Punt it's, it. I'm in California. You guys are further ahead than I am. <laughs> all right, so we've already kind of done the intro. Tony, say hi to everybody. Hello, how's everybody doing? <laughs> well, Can't talk back, so that's perfect. This is yeah. episode 44 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. I'm Jacob Bratz of JLB Morelia. And we're here. And I'm with... Tony Doerr with uh, Revision Reptile. Yeah. yeah. There you go. It's Doyer. Doerr. 
Kind of like front door. No. Or at the end. Door. It's always like Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, nobody's going to pronounce it right. So. It's like Joe. Door. Joe at Port Dorver. City Pythons. I've been pronouncing his last name wrong forever. Apparently, yeah. everybody else has too. It's Phelan. Yeah, it's Phelan. I thought, I it, was thought it was Phelan. Yeah. Phelan. So, felt like an idiot. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm sure he's used to it. Just like I call, I call, calls me Jason. I called him Sir Phelan, and uh, Melissa was like, it's Phelan. I was like, what? You <laughs> felt like, like an it's idiot. Phelan. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> that's now a we thing. Now we know. Yep. Yeah, so. it's, not, it's not an easy one. Nobody can no. get them right. Dorer. <laughs> I have I the most that. generic white name ever. Smith. You know how many Smiths Smith. there are? A million. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> you're probably like related to everybody. Probably, a bit. you know. Yeah. Us people here in the south. Yeah. You don't have to go that far down the family nope. tree. A couple branches, and you're <laughs> bound to hit a cousin somewhere. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, so today we're getting we're, all yeah. kinds of good stuff. Man. We're, we're, we're pumped. I'm yeah. caffeinated. Yeah. We're gonna. I'm a little terrified. Wanna, no, no, wanna, man. No, no need to be scared. I want to play with the more, but I also want to leave it alone. Yeah, dude. Don't get bit. I'm not, not going to lie. I was bit. a little worried. <clears throat> I, was a little, I was a little paranoid. Nah, just don't let him chew on you, right? Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. Dude, you never know, man. That could... Uh, that's could. the thing. The thing, and everyone kind of writes them off because they're like, oh, they're rear fang. They're not that bad, whatever. I've seen some pretty gnarly yeah, boy bites, dude. It's they. Uh... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not less. I'm not looking to mess with it. But it's weird because some people will get bit and they won't have any reaction, yeah. and some people get bit and that's because it's I, like they got bit by that's because something more serious. Everybody reacts differently to different. You but know, venom. you don't know how you react until it happens. Exactly. And I'm not willing to find that out. No, no, you don't want to find out because you know, for all you know, you could have a horrible it, reaction. No. Well, <sighs> I am fat, so something could happen. <laughs> I'm not gonna comment. You don't get alert. You're not allergic to bee stings, right? You're good. Yeah, totally. You know, it's, it's the same toxin. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> Three same finger thing. toxins from boiga, yeah. apitoxins from from bees. <laughs> Mother Nature doesn't know what she's talking yeah. about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got nothing on Mr. Dorber. Dorber. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not messing with those things. Venom I'm not going to play with. Yeah, no. I'll look at it from a distance and I'll admire it, but I'm not going to. They're cool. It. I mean, I, I really don't play with mine at all. Yeah. Like, oh, no, they're beautiful. They're I hold her when I'm cleaning, and that's because I'm semi-trustworthy of her, but I know, like, most uh, cat snakes in general, like, you're kind of on a timer when you're holding them. Like, at one point, they're going to be over your shit, and then that's when they're going to start getting cray. Yep. And so I try to get everything done before I hit that that mark. For sure, for sure. Because there was a guy in the Boyga group who was like, I was holding her and she was fine, and then all of a sudden, after like five minutes, she just bit me. And everyone's like, why are you holding it? Like, why are you handling your Boyga? <laughs> yeah. Like, apparently it's like taken really seriously, especially in that group and stuff. Dang. And I get it. Yeah. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Why take the risk? So. Yeah. Smaller ones... Maybe not so serious, but like a bigger one, like Terry Burwell has some yeah. huge cyanium, man. Like taking a hit from that, you would most definitely feel that. How big do cyanium get? Uh, see, the thing is, they're weird. Like they don't get fat. They get really long. Yeah, yeah. Like there's some cynodon uh, that get like eight feet. Yeah, I see. But they're like me. this big Yeah, around. you showed me those. What about the uh, cyanium? I'd have to look it up, but I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they pushed five, like five or six. Foot. Easy. Yeah. 
That's crazy. But I don't know. Anyways. Anyways, diving in. Uh, Tony. Well, how was how was Carpet Fest for oh, you? Oh, yeah. It was a great time. Awesome, awesome time. It was great to meet quite a few of the people that uh, I've talked to over the years, especially uh, some that I've you've basically had numerous conversation with. Mm-hmm. A few of them talked over the phones. So it was great to be able to finally put the uh, faces to the names yeah. and kind of chat a little bit. Uh, bounced around quite a bit, so I didn't really get to sit and chat too much with everybody I would have preferred to. Um, but that's just another reason to go back and continue right. going back. So unfinished business. Never gonna get to talk everything with everybody, and especially with that many people around. Yeah. Definitely didn't get much much time uh, in the uh, reptile room, but the yeah. few times that we're in there, I spent a bit, and uh, it's a pretty killer collection. Uh, I'm with. Uh, I, I kind of agree. I expected a, a lot more. I don't know why. <laughs> I dude, everybody <laughs> did. Everyone's like, this it is was it? definitely awesome yeah. to see. I mean, he's got a ton. Oh um, yeah, he's got a bunch of stuff. Of stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff on its way to grow up. So yeah, definitely. And that was that was definitely killer. So yeah. Then, I mean, when you're in the business of selling snakes, it does make more sense to have more babies than you do adults, because uh, I guess just you know, the idea I, of. <clears throat> The idea of hearing him, he's chasing the, uh, owning all the pythons for a while. Mm-hmm. I guess that, that might be along the lines of what kind of gets you the, yeah. the idea that there's going to be a bigger, bigger room. Yeah. But I think I, he, don't get me wrong. I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like it's, it's a small, it's a small collection because no, it's not. No, definitely That's not. definitely an impressive. Yeah. Impressive I think he said, uh, I think he said he kind of gave up on the whole owning every species of yeah. python thing because he realized it was, virtually impossible to own every single one so he's gonna own a lot but he's, well, there's just some there's, that i don't think you'll get your hands yeah on, like i just don't think there's some you can like yeah, yeah just, i mean uh give it time put a put a poster in a cage and say yeah i own one <laughs> <laughs> there's my own belly ignore the bill love signature at the bottom <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure but let's get into the nitty-gritty of this episode Let's get into the nitty-gritty. for starters though tony besides elephant trunk snakes because we're going to get into that a little later tell us about what you do over <laughs> at over at revision reptiles um i kind of work with carpet python a few different i do have a few everything i think except well, no, I just have I have a few coastals and then mainly granite or Papuan carpet um, relations. Mm-hmm. So something along those project lines. And then I've got yellow anacondas. They're kind of a long, slow project that I'm working on. And then I've got elephant trunk snakes, which are kind of a bit a project that I've kind of dove into over the last few years. Awesome. Well, you know, I love those uh, those Papuan carpets. Are you sure? Yeah. Positive. Definitely nice. Definitely good snakes. Definitely nice snakes. And then the granite is definitely a killer one to add with it. So Oh yeah, the granites are sick nasty. I do like the granite. If you're if you're into morphs, I mean I'm not gonna lie. Definitely a pain in the ass project though. But yeah, definitely if you're you're into the morphs it's one thing. If not, the plain popula or the popular carpets are definitely one to play with this is oh, yeah. what blows types. this is what blows my mind about like morphs right <clears throat> so you have granite spotted pythons 
Mm-hmm. You have granite carpet pythons. Mm-hmm. You have granite berms. <laughs> completely different species. So you yeah. would think that those genes would be completely different from one another. Yeah. But it's the same trait. Same with albinism. Yeah. Like how? Yeah. How How is it that an albino ball python is clearly an albino ball python and albino corn is clearly an albino corn and so on and so forth? Like, it's so strange to me that that's... That... the genetics behind it. There's right. The, there's the genetics explanation behind it. I'm definitely not one to explain that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is, like, how does the same gene operate in multiple species? They land at the same location. And yeah. See, I wouldn't even necessarily call it the same gene. It might... The gene is going to be different. It's It's going to be different for every species, but but it displays a similar. What are the odds that it would look the same, though? I mean, it is what it is. It's crazy. If it didn't look the same, it wouldn't be called the same. (laughs) This is the stuff that keeps me up at night. Like, I just lay in bed thinking about granite spotted and granite carpets, and I'm like, how? And then I cry myself to sleep. Oh, my gosh. That's just the name for the, the, the mutation. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. But I mean you can name it whatever you want. It's just the fact that like they're they operate yeah. on a similar you're level. Seeing like, the, you're yeah. seeing the same mutation of right. uh, things multiple. that are considered genetically apart. Yeah. Faux show. Faux show. Just a little shower thought. Yeah. Shower thought. Shower thought. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My mind works in mysterious ways. Oh, uh, dude. So, what do you want to know? You want to start with what do you want to talk about? The elephant trunks? Do we want to dive into the elephant trunks, Justin? You want yeah. to talk what about you... the granites? How we crazy can... the other buddy. We can let's 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 go ahead. Let's go ahead. Let's 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 jump. Chondro world. Let's just let's just jump right in. Good night. Wait wait wait. What? Let's get down to what's important. No, I don't. I do not want to talk about chondros. No. I used to, but no, not anymore. Boom. Man. He works with cool snakes. Uh, here I am thinking this would be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> Pull your head I mean, out of I'll, I'll be honest. The coolest thing that I had the Chondro for was it was uh, I took an old old school box TV mm-hmm. and converted it into a reptile enclosure and had the Chondro. Per- I built it so that it would strategically place the Chondro perched right in the center of the TV. Like a big old zenith? like a big box old school turn you had to go up and adjust the uh, color yeah, and yeah. pitch wow. and all of that the old school old school tvs that had the big the back end sticking out of them and all that that sounds like a real pain you had to uh get up and change the channel kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> nice. they make great display snakes for those they make great display snakes they're beautiful snakes i, just, it- I can't keep them I can't keep them. Did it have like the big round bubbled glass, like the the bowl kind of thing on the front? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's cool too. That's pretty sweet. Anyways, continue. Yeah. Anyways, they were nice. They were nice when I kept them, but I just I just can't seem to keep them. Yeah, I mean, did you ever breed them or did you just keep them? Um, no, no, I won't count it. I had a roommate where I had one and he had one when we first got a pair and threw them in the same cage. And a couple of months later, the female just started dropping eggs. But it's like the Easter Bunny. What do we do with them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do we do? They won't I, stop I coming out. In There's so <laughs> many eggs. <laughs> They're all gooey. 
Why are they covered in baby oil? <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was perched just draped across and just dropping them straight from the branches. Damn. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yep. Dunzo. Condors are really stupid snakes. <laughs> Legitimately. Like oh my god. They are, the, on that one. they are the dumbest snakes. Yeah, no. I, I used mean, to hate it when people were saying that, but now like they just after seeing me, some of the goofy shit they do and, and get themselves into in a cage that's like a padded room. Like and you could there's nothing you could do yes. to get yourself injured or stuck in something, and they somehow find a way to And do that's it. why I talk shit every time you say they're the superior Morelia. Like they're so dumb, they don't even want to live like, half the time. They literally grab like, a mouse. They grab a mouse and they'd wrap it, fall into their water bowl, and drown. Just drown. They won't even yeah. eat, like they won't let go of the mouse. They'll literally yeah. just drown with the mouse in the yeah. mouth. Like no. they're, they're just they're dumb as a rock. <laughs> yeah, I love them to death. You but can't my call God. You, you can't call them superior Morelia when they, they are superior. Like Morelia. No, they're not. <laughs> they're stupid. That doesn't make them not superior. Dude, how are your little conjurers that won't fucking eat? Superior to my West Papuans that ate the first time go around because mine require time, patience, and skill. That's not superior. It That's is. annoying. I mean, someone's being trained. Today. Come on, bud. Come <laughs> on, bud. <laughs> you're you're out of. Yeah, just just stop. Just just stop Whatever. talking. <laughs> I'm not saying you're right. I'm just choosing not to respond. Uh, I'm taking that high your, road because as a feelings. chondro breeder, I hurt your feelings a little I am, bit. I am so yeah, far you above are you. So... <laughs> as a chondro breeder, you have no idea. I might as man, well be building I rocket ships to just, go to Mars. You're just like them, man. You fit man, right I in. give you 100% props for that. You guys, that, Thank those you. are very impressive snakes, and somebody has got the ability to do it. I mean... They keep seem to keep be... stroking my ego. It feels good. Yeah, Tony, you need to stop. I'm, I'm done. You need to stop. <laughs> He's going to start drinking, and then things are going to get weird. <laughs> yep. All right. Elon Musk has nothing on us, Contra Breeders. Oh, my God. All right. So, back right. on yeah, track. We're half I was hour gonna, in. Dude, I was gonna make, <laughs> I was going to make a joke and be like, we should just dive on in and get our feet wet with talking about hey, elephant truck snakes. Let's do it. Get your waiters on. Everybody grab your waiters and dive on in. Here we go. So what do you guys know about them? Absolutely not. I know that, they, I know that you keep them. <laughs> they, they they live underwater. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. They yeah, yep. kind of looks like a giant sea cucumber. They also kind of look like sea an elephant huh? trunk. <laughs> and their faces are the things of nightmares. Their tongues are really freaking cool. I haven't seen what? Dude, Why? their tongues are like, they like split out really far. Those are the, called tentacles, bro. Tentacles, tongues? No. Sure, it's not, not an octopus. Got, it's definitely a tongue. Some pretty, pretty fucking crazy. Those tongues. would be cool. Those tentacled snakes? I would keep those. Dude, we're not talking about tentacled snakes. I know. We're talking just, about elephant yeah, It made me think of Have it. you seen their tongues, though? I don't. If I did, I wasn't paying attention to their tongues. They've got like a super, like, they've got two that, like, goes like two different like ways. E. It's crazy. Yeah. Little feelers. Yeah, they're like. They're yeah, like, their fork, the fork of their tongue is a little bit longer than your uh, normal snakes. A, a little, a little bit longer. Just a little. Just a tad. I gotta investigate. Yeah, not gotta, double. It's, it's it's pretty close to equal the size of the tongue. So. Yeah, it's 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 huge. They're crazy. But, but I no, mean, they're definitely fully aquatic. Um, disclaimer: Before all this goes too crazy, I don't want people to think that I 
I'm talking, I know everything because I have limited experience. Uh, the oldest uh, pair that I have, I purchased from Dan Maleri um, at the Pomona Expo, I want to say third, two and a half, three years ago now. And they've been, I've had them in my care for that long. Um, and then I've had babies and a few others. So I've had plenty of failures and continue to learn from those and continue to work on them. But yeah. they're a kick in the gut, but they're a passion project for sure. Fully aquatic, the hands-off approach on them is, is probably the biggest fascination because it te they, they, they kind of force you to become the uh, student. You can't touch them, so you have to kind of watch them right. and read how they're, how they're acting and what they're doing and what I've, they look like, how everything's going that way. I figured right. it out. What? They look like a sock puppet. That got oh caught my in the god! Rain. They do look like a sock puppet, dude. What? Like one you found in an alley oh under god. a bum's mattress that just <laughs> oh got rained god. on and left in the dirt. That's perfect. It's a sock puppet. It looks dude. like a sock puppet. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm looking at it, I'm like, this oh looks so familiar. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll, I'll have to get back to that in a couple years when my daughter's a little older and I'm looking at sock puppets more often. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> oh my like God. Like sock puppets from hell. Yeah. <clears throat> like sock puppets that came to life and started murdering a small town oh my in West gosh. Indiana. <clears throat> Oof. They're, so you wait, you can't handle them? Like you should you can't or you're not supposed to like i literally like there's a lot of snakes i know nothing about and these are pretty close to the top of the list yeah. no worries i know um, what yeah, they look like much... so i can acknowledge one when i see it but other than that that's it unfortunately there's not much uh, recent information actually available on them there's a lot of old uh, old documents and care sheets that you can kind of a page worth on if you did Google, if you Google it, there's about mm -hmm. a page maybe a page and a half um, so there's not too much available for them so they're not readily known they are commonly imported which is interesting right. to me at least um, the babies are often imported quite often and but I, I it's hard it's hard to find adults which is kind of the interesting part to me. Mm -hmm. and it's one of those, they're, they're a snake that isn't really a concern, it seems, but they're not really readily known. Um, kind of like so the dragon snakes. To wonder. Yeah, yeah. They're like a little easier to get, though. Yeah. They're a little easier to get. The uh, elephant trunk snakes really, I think, due to their size, and then they're, they're one of their biggest things that they're known for that, kind of fends a lot of people off of them is they're known for getting white spot fungus uh -huh. which kind of it's it's kind of like the ick that you see on fish is mm -hmm. what a lot of people say it's similar to so right. they'll get that and typically that's a sign that something's not right it's a stress um, and then they tend to go downhill from there so fighting that is is typically one of the biggest obstacles um, so what's been your your attempt to you know get rid of the the white spots like what's what's been your your method uh Just i've tried a little a box bit of, everything. of baking soda in there <laughs> baking soda no <laughs> stump some bleach in no, there. it'll be fine <laughs> yeah i don't think bleach would be helpful oh. i haven't tried that though <laughs> throw a capful in there on the back burner tied 
Tide Pod. <laughs> far, far back burner. No, yeah, no, let's like not. Humans do the Tide Pod stuff. <laughs> Let Jake handle the Tide Pod eating. Oh my god. Uh, no, really, with my biggest success so far has, at least with it in my personal experience, has been just keeping the temperatures and the stressors down in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've tried and been recommended numerous ick solutions which basically you can get from any fish store they're just the natural if you look up any kind of ick uh, treatments mm-hmm. so there's tablet versions there's liquid versions different kinds that you can do there i've tried a few different versions of those that have been recommended i didn't see any improvements over the periods of time that i was treating it um so i kind of st- i've been away from those just because it's another added level of something that doesn't naturally stay in their enclosure so i try to just stick with if i see it coming up i try to figure out why suddenly it's appearing Mm -hmm. Uh, what's the recent change what have i done differently Uh, i would wonder i would think it would be like maybe ph related or something would kind of be my first guess um I, i don't know it could be with these snakes, one of the other big things with them, and one of the things that a lot of care sheets, and if you look anything up on them, they would definitely recommend you target and focus on pH. They recommend, I think a lot of care sheets say a pH of 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally used to do it when I first got the adult pair. I used to target it and try and shoot for it, and it was just a lot of work for me to continue to maintain on a regular basis. Um, so I, I was constantly fighting it more and more. And then I just focused on temperatures and stuff. And so now I don't even worry about pH. I don't check it. Um, and I personally, with my enclosures and my setups, I've got, I think I'm averaging about seven, uh, pH is seven. So, mm-hmm. which is no, almost pretty close to normal tap water, mm-hmm. at least out here. So yeah. are they, are they fresh water? They're not brackish or anything like that. Um, Brackish waters are what everything is. Um, I do add tannins to the enclosures. I use different woods, Mopani, ghost wood, Mm -hmm. the um, manzanita branches, and then also add tannins using leaves, almond leaves especially. Mm -hmm. They're probably one of the bigger ones that I use. I did in the very beginning try to use the peat moss. Didn't like the way it worked. so I'd rather just use almond leaves and natural woods because I can let them soak. Right. And how how big are they as adults? We're pretty happy. The adult pair that I have, they're said to be they're said to be able to get a reach around eight feet. Wow. Um, I'd say the male that I've got now is roughly five and a half feet stretched out. Uh, Freaking Loch Ness monster. <laughs> it's a big sock at, at eight feet, man. Right. Damn, that's <laughs> the that's... female. I would say is probably pushing six. How big of the that, tank maybe, is it? Maybe yeah. six and a half. Right now, I've got a six foot tank for them. Good God, I put like together a, a six pool. foot tank. Nah, <clears throat> they seem to be well. Just like other snakes, they actually need pretty cramped. They seem to need mm-hmm. a lot of hiding spaces. The bit the more open the tank, I think you're we're stressing them out more. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, gonna want to go larger. Right. Uh, plan to get larger at some point. Uh, so, but when doing so, the trick is making sure you fill that tank. You give it the space, but then you also got to fill it with logs and branches and mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
Right. Sounds right. like dart frogs. Yeah, just underwater. Like just get it? Yeah, just build a <laughs> tank and then just pack it full of stuff so yeah. that you never see them. <laughs> they do yep. great. Yep. That's the thing. I mean, my biggest trick with seeing them and my my biggest success with seeing them is I've got cameras on. Right. Yeah, I've seen I've your videos, cameras man. pointed. I've got security cameras pointed directly at the tank or strategically in the side where I know they're going to be probably at at some point. Mm-hmm. Or, and then I'll just go back and check them um, and keep going back to the cameras and check and see, okay, is anything going on? No, nothing's going on. Or, yeah, hey, something's going on. Are they nocturnal? Typically, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're nocturnal. So they'll come out at night. And they're actually pretty easy to tell on clockwork, actually, now that I've had them for quite some time, mm-hmm. especially with the adults. Mm-hmm. Can tell if they, normally I can tell if they're going to come out or if they're more likely to come out or if they're just going to probably stay where they're at. Mm-hmm. Maybe come out real late. So what do you, when you do, like when you were setting up your tank, what did you treat your water with? Like what, what kind of like different aquatic treatments? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, What what chemicals? Well, for the six foot tank, um, I ended up buying a used tank on Craigslist Mm -hmm. and spent a few months gutting it, built a, basically built in a custom background. Mm Mm-hmm. And then did a couple, let that set that up and ran it just to run and check the water levels, make sure everything was sealed and working right. Ended up having to rip that apart because it didn't seal properly. And, and, uh, I didn't really think too far ahead on that because I used like most people that use their backgrounds or build their custom aquatic backgrounds. They can use concrete for that beautiful rock ledge. Yeah. Six foot tank with a concrete back wall is, uh, little bit of extra weight yeah a little <laughs> so bit after, after yeah. putting in the work and getting it in the tank and realizing i didn't like how it sat and how heavy it was i ended up ripping it apart getting that out and then buying a pre-made set piece together background put that in there um and run that and for the water what i've done is i really just used i used tap water straight out of the faucet mm-hmm. but I took when I bought when I knew I was setting the tank up I, I, I searched for large basically branches or logs that you would that would take up more of the tank because these are larger snakes so I knew they're going to be screwing with stuff and they all tear stuff apart yeah, and then it's underwater yeah. so I need you need the weight um, so I've got a, quite a few of those branches and I got ghost wood for the big tank and then i also got mopani branches or not mopani um manzanita branches mm-hmm. so I, I let those soak in the tank when i set it up and let those leach out all the tannins and everything from that uh, with the uh, tap water mm-hmm. and then basically ran the ran the filter and let that run for probably a good month then drained out through that month drained out the tank every two weeks so i did two water changes to where i did a 50 percent drain out um and then added new water just to to kind of dilute the tannins Mm -hmm. and then after that month of letting it the whole tank run i added the female first Mm -hmm. and let her go because before getting that tank set up they were in a four foot by two foot by two foot tank 
and uh, the whole time they were in there, I'd never seen the female actually eat. I'd at least witnessed the male eat, but I hadn't ever seen her eat, and it was kind of coming up close to a year. So I, that was kind of – granted, I assumed that I definitely was more likely to have missed a feeding because I was only checking on cameras, but mm-hmm. I did see, think it was a little strange because even all the times I watch or look on the cameras through that year, she's the least active. Mm-hmm. So it was likely I didn't see anything, but it was also un- it was also likely that she'd eaten on her own out of sight, out of mind. So And what are you feeding them? Um, I feed the adults right now the biggest tilapia I can put te- I can possibly find um, locally. I've got them from my best places have been local aquaponics farms or mm-hmm. people personal people that built up aquaponics farms and because they're they basically have a backyard tub i mean we're in california so nobody's got not many people have acreage around where i'm at right um we do have i mean i've got fallbrook not too far in valley center so there are places with land which is where those aquaponics farms are but then again they're only doing so much, so much in a in such a large container that they constantly with tilapia are running over and overproducing. Mm-hmm. So every few months, I can find some aquaponics farms or aquaculture farms around here that are uh, selling off offspring or selling off tilapia. My biggest struggle is finding enough that they that I can keep up with what they'll eat actually. And I mean, are they alive? Prices. Are you buying them and like, yes. frozen? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm st- I'm basically stocking the six foot tank, and it's it's a fish tank. Mm-hmm. I'm running it as a fish tank that's halfway to two thirds full. So, uh, lots of water, but there's a good portion of open air. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's plenty of that, but at the same time because they're nocturnal it's they definitely do better on in schools of fish and uh, their their method of hunting is a little better or more successful and they're much more quick with it if you give them schools of fish rather than independent fish one or two here and there yeah that makes sense so how many are they're you not how many are you throwing in there sight. yeah they don't look uh, like <laughs> normally I try to shoot for about 20 to 25 um, the last the last batch before I got one batch before carpet fest and the guy ended up actually having quite a few more than initially we, than he thought. So I ended up picking up a bunch and dropped, I think 30 into the tank and that was overstocked. But within a month that whole, or within two weeks, the whole tank was cleared. I was going to say, did you just let them eat whenever they want to eat? Mm-hmm. How, like how often yeah. are you dropping those schools in there? Well, because I'm because I mainly shoot for tilapia, mm-hmm. um, I'll let them go, let the the schools dwindle down, and actually let the tank go down to just about nothing. Typically, there's one one or two fish. Once they get down to one or two fish, they're basically quick, and the fish are quick enough, and they've learned how to hide, where to hide, and how yeah, to get survival away. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so those are the survivors. Normally, it gets down Run. to the one or two, and I'll let them sit, swing around and swim around uh, for probably a good, I'll let them go about a month with without food, and then start looking. If I can't find a big school of fish, I'll break down and go buy uh, cichlids, the biggest cichlids I can possibly find from the local shops or local stores. 
that's a bit more painful. Yeah. PetSmart, Petco, Petco don't really sell cichlids uh, at feeder prices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cichlids are so, not cheap, dude. Those things. No, those no, things they're not. So when I bite the bullet, when we have to bite the bullet and stock the tank, and of course we're not stocking the tank with one or two for the adults because they're eating the tilapia we normally feed them are six, six to eight inches mm-hmm. in size. So it's a good size tilapia. Um, half of what a person would eat probably. Uh, mm-hmm. And with the, the cichlids, they're nothing. And when you're watching on the camera that night after you stock the tank and you're just like, there goes one, there goes two, there goes three. There's all <laughs> 10 of them. Son of a bitch. <laughs> they're all gone. <laughs> yeah. It's, Jeez, it's a little man. painful sometimes, but you should, it's also pretty cool to see and pretty interesting. You should get them like a really nice meal and like buy them an Oscar or something. The Oscar would probably that. try and As eat I them. Said, <laughs> what I do is if I break down and I have to go local because I can't find a school of tilapia somewhere, I will look and see what the what their largest fish are that are on sale that are not goldfish or koi. Is there a reason you don't so, want it to be goldfish or koi? These things are nasty, um, dude. It, that's why everything says you don't want goldfish at all because something that's in them um i can't exactly remember yeah. so i don't want to misquote it but there's something that's basically in them and the way they're raised in the hobby and really they they recommend there's a lot of people that recommend not even feeding uh rosy minnows because they're also treated and bred so rapidly that they're not really cared for yeah uh, that makes sense they raise um I've they raise rosies Go ahead. I was gonna say goldfish raise they raise something in the water. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but like even you can't house them with other fish either. Um, goldfish yeah. can only be housed with other goldfish. They I can't remember what it is that they raise in the water when they defecate. Um, but really nice, they yeah. do yeah they do something to the water and to where they can only literally survive with other goldfish. Yeah, they're they're nasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't ever. I mean, with that, <laughs> with that said, I have. And have talked with a few people and quite a few people that have successfully fed goldfish, mm-hmm. uh, not as a staple diet and as an only diet, but as a, hey, we're in a pinch and yeah. these right. are reasonable in price I'm versus sure. that $3 fish right there. I'm going to watch him eat a ton. Yeah, some every now and then I can't imagine would be that detrimental. Well, my yeah. thought on it is is you're going to run in, those things are going to run into a, nat, a wide variety of things in the wild. Mm-hmm. So whatever that goldfish has, chances are if it gets a, a mixed variety and a large diet a a versatile diet then uh you'll probably dilute whatever the problem is not saying that you want to concentrate or continue to introduce that but i'm just saying it's likely that in nature whatever that is they're running into on a natural basis anyway Mm -hmm. i dig it yeah for sure so what do you you have uh, babies I've got a few babies. Unfortunately, I've got some unsuccessful babies, and then I've got uh, quite a few babies that I picked up at a local uh, from Dan also um, at the recent show back in March. And what is your setup for those like? And what are you feeding them? All right, for the babies, I have tried ten gallon tanks, similar to just a scaled down version of the big mm-hmm. six foot, uh, but. For now, and the ones that I've had, that I've got two pairs um, that I picked up from Dan Maleri at the Del Mar 
reptile show this year, and that was back at the end of March. On so I've had those two split the four up into two groups, and they've been housed in an animal plastics rack. Hmm. Gonna blow people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, with just water and I'm assuming some sort of... I've got them about a quarter of the way full. So a good, probably inch, inch and a half of water. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've got silk silk plants in there and a the top of a ZooMed uh, nest box hide. I think it's the ZooMed one. Yeah, it's the, I know it's the rock hide. Yep. My old roommate bought a bunch of them, so I've got a few of those tops, and I just use the tops and let them go in there. They can go through it on it. Um, the other, the other one I set up, I have, I purchased a. Um, when I was doing the tank, I was thinking about doing the aquatic grass. You can buy it in fake square. It's like fake grass, but you can buy it in the squares mm -hmm. that you just keep connecting together to make a whole carpet. Mm -hmm. I bought one of those squares to see how I liked it. Didn't like it, so now what I've done is I'm using that as a base, as a an entire lagoon that they can run through in the other tank. So it's just that draped across, and then the open tank. And do you include any live plants in any of the any of the setups? I do not include any live plants in any of these setups. <clears throat> I do continue to fight and try to put live plants and get live plants going in the six-foot tank because it's a pretty big tank. It's in our living room, so I'd love for it to be full of green and full mm -hmm. of plants rather than fake plants. But problem is, is the cichlids and tilapia and all the larger fish like to eat those plants. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I'm getting them in as fast as I'm losing the plants. So. <laughs> yeah. Then you're paying twice for more fish. And oh, more yeah, I've tried numerous. I had duckweed for – I was doing well on duckweed for a time. I had another floating plant, and then they just tore up everything. Jeez, man. Can Keep you... trying to get planted tanks going in between the stocking, and I'm like, nope, because as soon as it starts to go, I stock the tank, and everything is gone. I mean, can you put fake plants in there? Could you put plastic yes. plants in there? And yeah, I've okay? got fake plants. Okay. Yeah, I've got fake plants in there. At least, there, at least there's something to kind of, you know, add to add some color to it. Add know? to the puppet show. Yeah. The puppet. Oh yeah, no, there's, def there's definitely. Yeah, no, it's. A, oh my it's a god. Puppet show. Get out this of here, that crap. <laughs> I'm gonna look at them differently now tonight. Yeah, he's <laughs> never gonna look at his elephant trunks the same. He's gonna look at his elephant trunks next. He's gonna son of a bitch. He's right. Sesame Street, right next to it. <laughs> Now nah, that tank's got plants and logs, and then it's got that fake. It's got a rock background, and that one's actually a, a nice little centerpiece. Just the babies I've got set up, I'm, I'm testing out and trying out how well they do in a rack, and if I can control that and how that works versus how the uh, tanks and all the other parameters work. Uh -huh. I'm actually not even watching. I'm not adding any tannins. I have no filtration. Um, and I'm not treating the water. It's just straight top water. And I have spare tubs lined up and prepped so that whenever I need to, when the tank, when the tub's dirty enough, I can just swap them into another one that's already got the same temperatures and they're just reduced all that stress. So. That, that was the other question I meant to ask. What temperature do you shoot for? I've got 80. I go for 81. Um, okay. And then just give it a hope. And aim for a plus or minus of a half a degree, maximum a degree. 
And how overall, you... I try to I try to stay within seventy nine to eighty two. Okay. Do you what do you? I assume you have a water heater in there. How do you how do you regulate the the water temperature? In the well, both all of my tanks have been set. I've got set up to Herbstats, mm-hmm. so I've got the steel probes and running that way. And those have been fairly reliable. I'm waiting just, for the. Do you just dip them in the water? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Um, I'm wait. I'm waiting for them to fail out on that because it's. A, I personally feel that it's only a matter of time before the water starts seeping down through. Yeah. The epoxy and into the probe. Um, I contacted Herbs or uh, Spider Robotics. I think is who it is. Yeah, yep. Spider Robotics. But, yeah. I contacted them initially when I was thinking about it and asked them about that, and they recommended. They said, "Well, they're not designed for it, but they had they do recommend if we're gonna if I'm gonna do it using the steel probe because they're at least epoxy and potted in place, mm-hmm. so it's a more sealed um, joint. So it's been successful so far. Did did take a little bit of calibrating just to get the right to, to match the temperature with the uh, actual probe readings." Mm-hmm. But that actually works out pretty well. And then for the tub, for the the babies that I'm running in the tubs right now, those are just I have a rack and I've got the rack dialed in for temperature, so I just drop the temperature on that. Have and you, again, that's hooked up to a Herbstat also. Have any of them bit you? Do they have weird teeth or do they have normal snake? I teeth? have not. I have not been bit by them. They're from what I hear, they're. Uh, I've heard a little bit of mixed reviews. I've heard that they're similar to an anaconda bite. And then I've also heard that they're pretty gnarly because their teeth are a little bit more curved and a little bit longer because they naturally open right. fish. Right, they say they're designed so to grab the own yeah, when they, Yeah, when they bite, they're going to wrap around. I think, personally, the bite's probably going to suck like a pretty close to a green tree, maybe an anaconda cross. Mm-hmm. And what's gonna really suck would be the uh, rut, the Indian burn you get from the snake wrapping around. Oof. Damn, that would be more that rough. Like, like they're that rough feeling. Yeah, have you ever you've handled or have you touched a uh, metal shop file? Yeah. Yeah, I think of one of the finer That's ones. Nuts. What? That's basically what they feel like. Um, no way. When Riley, the last time Riley was out here, I think it was. Uh, the last carpet fest actually before we went to brandon's uh he ended up getting some macro shots of the adult skin because i've got yeah. a couple where they shed and i had some dried out and was showing him he got some macro shots and it, they're they're really like a shop file that's, that's yeah. really what the snakes feel i like. remember Bizarre. seeing i remember seeing those pictures yeah that's are yeah. they super awkward out of water Yes. It's <laughs> like they don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they kind of freeze. The they actually can, they can actually move pretty well. Okay. Um, they're not, obviously, if you're holding them up on like a regular snake, they're definitely not, they don't support themselves at all that very well <laughs> just um, that way. I feel like they're just They just kind of flop there. Yeah. Um, imagine gi- if you're holding a giant the water ar- A giant earthworm. <laughs> it's just... Yeah pretty similar they've got a little bit more strength um, yeah. but uh, when they're when they're down they're actually pretty they can move pretty well huh. they're just not designed to be out of the water yeah. for extended extended periods of time right. they're definitely not designed to be climbing up a tree yeah i, w- I would think not <laughs> 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 they're just i mean i don't see puppets in trees do you 
No. 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 Well, well, depends on the puppet show. No. <laughs> no. Oh, well, you may have some in your enclosures. That's right. I don't know. Yeah. I just being such a bizarre species, I just have so many questions that are probably really dumb questions. No, none's like, dumb. There's no dumb questions because, as I said, there's. I mean, there's Tony. not much available. Like, tread, tread lightly. This is the first time we're talking with Justin. Don't like, say there are no What, what happens if you no. don't keep them in water? They die. I have not tried that, but I would assume that they're going to dry out and they're just, stress and die. They're just going to get, like, the ultimate stress and just I actually die. did hear and got tagged by someone where a pet, a local pet shop had one, and they had it set up, like basically a tortoise or not a tortoise a jungle turtle sure. where they had the walk-in water dish oh my god and then just moss and a little bit of plants tucked around a nice big basking spot so i don't know how that turned out i mean if you think about it, i know that that they're... shop got got some some nasty messages because i got that that got sent to me and i was like i've that's not my place to tell them how to take care of something because they're a shop and I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of just like giant sand boas, except uh, they don't live in no, the sand underwater. <laughs> water boas. <laughs> yeah, um, I so, would never try to do it. I have offered in the numerous setups that I've done because I've done the enclosures that I've covered in all the different ones that I've taken care of in the various from adults to babies to juveniles that I've taken care of. I've done everything from the men's shoebox shoe style um, tub. That's what I use now for the babies and juveniles. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done the V70 tubs with a small filter and heater in it, or no filter, no heater, just the, the natural heat from the rack, mm-hmm. heating the tub. But again, with that, you're maintaining a water temperature of a steady temperature, so you need to know what you're water flow and movement is uh, done the 10 gallon tank set up as a fish tank done four foot tanks and six foot tanks and all of those I have offered a handful have had had um, land completely to where they could have gotten out of the water never saw any come out I did do a shallow kind of like a shelf area mm-hmm. where they could still be a quarter in the water but they're elevated high enough out with a basking um, actually kind of avoided the basking area um, so and then weird. I offered no no land or elevated areas just the branches and stuff and they seem to prefer mean. yeah they, they come up for air and then they'll go back down they prefer to stay um, I mean got I mean, it kind of it, it kind of like makes anti-sake. sense. They're since they're nocturnal. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, if they're that they like hardcore, the they're hardcore nocturnal. You know, they're not gonna. They're just want to hide all day, and take a little breath, yeah, party and all then night, party all night. You know, hunt around. And I mean, if they're aquatic snakes, I mean, have you ever tried yeah, to feed them? Often mice? I see them. I have offered for younger ones. Any of them take and. Oh, they're not interested in it at all. They want nothing to do with what? it. They'll run away. I'm just thinking outside what the about box here. like? Uh... Yeah. No, I actually <laughs> had a, a fish. I had a fish store that was local that I kept going back to to try and get feeders, and I was trying to get them to set up where they could, or work out something to where I can get regular tilapia on order 
and they thought I was just joking, so they kept offering, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. Snakes eat mice. Have you tried mice? And I'm like, yes. Of course. But they don't eat mice. I tried it because I wanted to answer this question for you to say yes. If I, I wanted really mice, I'd be buying it. mice. It didn't yeah. need to happen. I told them, I was like, I got mice in the freezer of every size. I'm not worried about mice. I need fish. Yeah. <laughs> this thing eats fish. And tilapia, in the beginning, tilapia was the only thing I ever had success with. Um, for the adults, at least. They went on strike for a good six months. And I finally got the first set, of, first thing in tilapia. And they, the male started eating. So since then, I was kind of... That's the one that I target the most. But now they're... Thankfully, they're willing to take just about any good-sized fish that they can trap. Hmm. So That's tilapia... Cool. Yeah. Obviously, I'll stick with. I try to stick with tilapia because of the wide array, and really, it should be one of the, one of the easier fish to get a hold yeah, of. Yeah, definitely. Because it's it's kind of globally produced. Mm-hmm. And it's very much available. So. On the bar at every Golden Corral you ever go to. <laughs> yeah. Broiled with a nice lemon, garlic, butter. So have you have you ever thought about like maybe trying to feed them some type of aquatic? Light and aquatic frog delicious or anything like that. i have i have in the beginning when they were on strike i actually bought a um african dwarf frog from a local shop put that in there they had they they followed it around they were interested in it but they weren't interested in the idea that or they weren't interested in the way that they were going to eat it they just kind of were interested what the heck is this thing so there were plenty of nights in the beginning that i would come i'd basically look on the cameras and it'd be swimming right across them Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, it would piss them off because they'd feel it, but then they didn't. They didn't really do anything with it. So I did huh. aquatic frogs. I actually have a blue lobster right now that's driving me nuts because <laughs> I bought that hoping they would eat it. Yeah, yeah they didn't want anything to do with it. The thing uh, actually stressed them out. Now homie's just in there. Oh, oh, he was running the tank for the longest time. He used to love <laughs> when tilapia and fish would be added. He'd be chasing them just as much oh as the gosh. snakes. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'd be flying across, especially when they went like a month or so without fish. The moment I added them, he'd be running back and forth across the front of the tank Jeez. chasing them, chasing the schools, trying to eat them. Dang. Had to remove him, though, because I feel like he, I think he's been, the, he's one of the main causes of the recent uh, white spotting that I noticed. Ah, uh, yeah. So I think his constant, because he would actually go after the snakes from time to time. Uh-huh. And get in their face, so yeah. they'd leave him alone. But he would chase him down occasionally. He was just a so schoolyard bully. Was... Yeah, yep. <laughs> and of course, I was dumb enough to think, hey, maybe they'll eat this. Now I've got a damn blue lobster. Or maybe they could just live harmoniously in the tank and just they be roomies, be friends. They could just Aww. be pals. No, that was that was the hope. After I realized they weren't going to eat it, I was like, all right, maybe you guys will. Maybe he he'll at least out, help clean the tank. He turned out to then be a little terrorist. On everybody. <laughs> yep. Dang. That's him sad. and a common pleco. They both are terrorists. So they what? both got booted. And they're they're kind of in they their didn't own eat tank that? now. They didn't eat the pleco. No, the big pleco. That's no. Brand- what you about would think like they would a... be all over that because it's like the easiest fist to catch. I would have thought so, but instead it irritates them. But it, it at first I thought it would have been fine because it was uh, feeding on the white spotting. Yeah. So I thought, oh, that'd be good. Fish help clean this is a good thing yeah it stressed them out even more so i wonder if uh i wonder if they'd eat like newts 
or salamanders or something. Those are small, though. Yeah, there's some tilapia is the easiest. Fish yeah. is the easiest. I, yeah, I I'm just thinking for like you know the occasional like change in diet. You know what I mean? Just to... oh no, yeah, I'm right there with you. I keep trying yeah. different things. Yeah, I but I guess Dan like when you're it's one... it's hard when you're doing stuff in water. I feel like it, it's things that go in water carry so much other stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I would be so afraid to introduce anything new into my water. Fun fact for you, plecos are native to South America. Oh, yeah? The fish you see in Walmart. I was like, that's got to come from somewhere. I looked it up. Placostomus. Yep. That's what they're called. Look at you go, boy. Placostomus. I try and try to feed anything anything that's large that I think they'll get for a reasonable price. Yeah. I used to try, a lot of people say to feed shiners. The problem okay. with those is the temperatures. They don't stay there. You can get shiners for a good price, but they don't eat them fast enough. They die quicker. They just like colder water? Yeah, they like colder water. And with these snakes, you're running 81, yeah, that's not 80, cold, 80 degrees. And this. So, I mean, I bought, I think I bought three dozen one time. And within 24 hours, they all just started bam, 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 bam. And I think I ended up with two that survived the next week and a half. And then I did a water change, and that was all that it took. Well, Done. I, I got so, some. Thank, I, I got. Thankfully, I got, they weren't they weren't too expensive, so <laughs> that wasn't go. heartbreaking. Yeah, I've got a. When I do a water change, and I lose a sick uh, lid that that hurts. Uh, that's understandable. Yeah, but I've got I've got a private pond that uh, you can come get some brim out of, just uh just fish them out and throw them in your tank. Be good to go. All right, go ahead. You you start fishing them out. Work out a shipping deal. I'll we'll work this out. I'll send them to you live. It'll be, I'm constantly looking. I'm no, 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 no. I'm in California. Let's not get me in trouble. Say <laughs> like, no, no, no. Let's just clarify. No, no, no sir. No, 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 sir. <laughs> what are they illegal? I want nothing that's gonna get me in trouble. Are they illegal? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is California. Everything's illegal in California, oh, yeah, dude. I forgot they have an oxygen tax for breathing. <laughs> hey, whoa. I don't know if that's true, but I don't believe so. <laughs> I don't think they tax me for that. Everything's got a cancer warning on it, like yeah. baby food and oranges yeah. and apples. And drink out of, they say if you drink out of a plastic bottle more than once, you can get cancer. Hey, you can't ask for Everything straws. gives you cancer now. Yep. Yeah, you yeah, can't I'm ask for straws. They outlawed those, those, uh, those damn straws. Damn. Nah, you can ask for them. They just, you're not supposed to, they can't just hand them out to you, that's all. The enemy of the people. <laughs> They've disarmed their oh, spitball man. guns. <laughs> so what other questions you got about these elephant trunk snakes? You I've... said you had a ton of them. I haven't answered many for you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure they're they're just they're still kind of streaming in and coming to me. <laughs> the tough part for people getting into them really is, as I said, a lot of the information that if you go to Google, because we're in the generation now that that's the first thing to do. Uh, it's it's great because we need to do that first before going online and asking, hey, what the heck's what is this? How Any do I tips? take care of it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey. I'm think I'm getting this snake. What is it? How do I care for no, it? No, it's yeah, not even that. that. It's hey, I bought this over the weekend. How do I take care of it? Any tips? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, So, I mean, a lot of the stuff out there is outdated. And a lot of the stuff, my parameters and my setups and what's working for me don't necessarily match with a lot of stuff that's that's being that's available and that pops up right right away. As right. I mentioned before, the pH thing, they that's one that a lot of people, when you're getting into these snakes, that's one of the big things besides white spotting that you hear a lot is the pH is one that you have to target, you have to maintain, you have to hit this. As I said, I'm not even watching pH levels on mine. I focus on temperatures and in the water and just make sure that the snakes have plenty of places to hide. I don't worry about I need to see them. Um, obviously, that's a little easier for me to say on my end because I've got the camera set up. Mm-hmm. But they're standard security cameras day and night, so you can get them if, if you're really interested in watching them and you're interested in the snakes. But somebody getting into these snakes should understand you're not these aren't to be handled they're to be watched it's kind of like a fish tank it really is they're impressive they really are um the other things that are available for them is you see a lot of care sheets and there are care sheets that say 84 to 86 degrees are the temperatures to keep them at Mm -hmm. that may be something that coincides with why we're seeing a lot of white spotting in my experience i've had some tanks with the herb stats spike for a period of time and when i have them spike up to 84 plus there i see white spotting and stress so hmm. i think personally if we're stressing them the white spot shows up and that's your first indicator that something's massive something's not right in the tank mm-hmm. so figure out what's going on is it it can't hide it's too exposed or is it too hot well, it's like we've said there. on the show many times. You just read the snake, and the, like the snake will tell you everything yeah. you want to know, as long as if you look close enough, if you pay attention. Yeah, definitely. So um, another one though is the, uh, the white spotting being something that you can always treat with the uh, fungal treatments. As I said, that's one that I constantly hear a lot of people say they can do. So mm-hmm. that's that's a hit and miss. One recommendation I would have for anybody that's looking to get into these that thinks they're going to run into white spot, try the methods, but don't commit 100% to them if it's not working. Give it a reasonable time. Don't don't count it out too early, obviously. But if you're not seeing vast improvements and you're actually seeing things get worse, maybe step back and just look at what you're doing. But once uh, you have the water where it's at, are you doing water changes like twice a year, three times a year, are you doing anything with it, or is it just kind of letting the filter do its thing, like the fifty, the fifty percent water changes that you were talking about when you were initially setting up the tank? The big one I do probably once every month and a half to two oh, months. Wow. Okay. And I'll only do maybe a fifty percent mm-hmm. water change. And normally I do. I don't even do filter change. I just do the vacuum. Mm-hmm. I'll vacuum up the ground. Um. And then if I stocked it with a big school of fish, obviously, then I'll do it probably that once month, well, that one month. But if I go again, I do I stock it, and then typically I'll let it sit for two months. So because there is substrate, like it's not just they're not just over glass, right? Yes, I've got I put sand in there. Okay. I've got sand. I went and bought basically um, pool sand. Mm. No pool Neat. sand to put on mm. the bottom, yeah. and then I also add. When I add the leaves, a lot of people add the leaves and to pull the tannins out of the leaves quickly. 
um, they'll basically make a tea. Yep. And they'll boil the leaves on the stove, mm-hmm. making a, a dark tea, and then pour that into the tank. And that's how they use the leaves. I just add the leaves straight into the tank. Oh, cool. um, I yeah, like the, the people leaves use naturally. Al- people use almond leaves for baby uh, for dart frogs raising up tadpoles and stuff. So it's a very similar yeah. process. Yeah, exactly. So we just do the same. I do the same thing. I just throw them in, um, let them float, sink, degrade on their own, mm-hmm. and then the fish can eat it and all of it. But can do whatever it needs to. Uh, the snakes can rub against it if they need to, and then they're constantly in contact with it. Because I'll do probably add five or six leaves every two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. So it's just the, it's so different, man. It's so light years away from yeah, everything else we keep and we're used to. Like just, not even just us. I mean, like the hobby in general. Like there's yeah. just like they're they're so fine to the right. Yeah, they're they're very they're very unique and different animal you know it's uh definitely odd ones definitely yeah. odd ones heard some uh interesting names puppets gonna be up there on one of them yeah i think uh, uh that's <laughs> that's definitely something else um, there's definitely room for them but it, it's one of those you gotta be you gotta pay attention to them and be willing to back off i think there'll be a group of people that really want to work with them i hope that more people kind of take them on and get interested in them personally i find them fascinating um and i want to learn more about the breeding and how they actually how everything works out yeah for them. i don't that would be I've really heard, interesting to see heard plenty of the oh yeah i used to do this back in the day and pl- run into a ton of those stories yeah we used to breed them yeah i was successful with them um unfortunately like a lot of things nobody's got the back no nobody's got anything to back it up and support it and it was also so long ago that it's kind of one of those does it still pertain to the way we keep today right uh, so it's it's you get away through a lot of that so i'm basically looking at i'm reading searching trying to figure out everything i can but i'm going far as far as I can to go, hey, this is what's working. I'm going to try different things. As I said, I've got a couple babies set up different ways, slightly different, just so that I can see, hey, if I change this on this one or do this on this one, what what's what's going on? What's the impact? Mm-hmm. Are they both doing fine or are they not? Uh-huh. If I have more hiding in one and less in the other, is, it, is there a point where I'm starting to stress versus too exposed and not exposed enough or it's a lot of stuff that just isn't available. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, it. this is, you know, what you're doing is how, is how we progress in the hobby, you know, with a species like that. Yeah. You know? It was the it's same like, way it's the only way you learn. Yeah. It's same like you have to, you, it's yeah. this, it's this, it was the same way with anything, man. Like you gotta, you gotta go through the motions, you know, you gotta try different stuff and just find out what works. You're a pioneer, you know, Tony. You, yeah. I mean, like literally, yeah, no, you no, know, no, no, dude, for real, you got, you're one of the only no. people that are really putting in the time. And the thing that I, I really like about, you know, what you're doing is you're so open about, about everything that you do, you know, everybody, so many people try to keep everything quiet and keep it to themselves, but you're really, you know, you're really open to sharing, you know, what you're doing and you know, how, how you're doing things. And I mean, you've kept, you've kept the adults alive for, you know, going on three years now. And I mean, that, that says something, you know, animals who aren't being well taken care of don't live for, you know, three years, you know, it's, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, they've they... been up and down, up and down fighting that white fungus, but I don't know that I can count that as sickness. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know at this point. I'm wondering if it's just stress, but yeah. um, I can't take credit only for being for doing the work. I mean, I work pretty closely with a guy named Dan Rowe, mm-hmm. uh, Rowe Reptiles. He's uh, He recently has got, or he in the last couple of years has also gotten pretty heavy into or excited and, and uh, pretty passionate about these these yeah. snakes so him and i are constantly playing the everything as as open as i am he's typically before i even share it he's the first guy to get a get a handful of it and understand it and mm-hmm. he uh um uh, he import he's got a couple he actually this year was very successful in doing and uh bring he bought an imported female that was like gravid she ended up being gravid uh and he ended up getting what was it? I think he, he ended up with 19 live babies and six six that uh, were stillbirth or uh, didn't make it. So he ended up with those. One thing that was, and him and I are constantly with that stuff. We're just constantly, anything he's got, we took weights and tried to compare those. Um, so as much as he's got to get as much credit as anything, so... Feel like it's pretty fascinating to... to see that his was uh he's actually got the babies so if people are truly interested in these and, and interested in the snakes i mean with anything that i if i ever produce and have something available and he's the same way because of the way that we're running how we take care of and how we're watching them we're kind of selective about anything we let go of because if it's coming from us we've put a lot of time in it mm-hmm into trying to understand what's going on. I mean, with the babies that he's got now, he's got 19 babies that are from an imported female and were born after 199 to 200 days in his care. So he's got plenty. It was a long period of time he put in the patients. So because it's the first step of controlling the environment and controlling yeah. the understanding of I day one. That's just an entire another dimension of that that of keeping those things. You know, just, yeah, exactly. just not even just the breeding, but literally just the gestation period. Exactly. Well, that, that was another thing that's interesting is I found that on like looking into that online. There's almost nothing available um, for what that for what is available or what's going on with them, how long it is. There is a little bit that briefly touch on it. Mm-hmm. I think briefly skimming over again things last night um into stuff that i've saved over the over my different searches one that one that stands out to me is um one of them specifically said it was a five to six month incubation period 199 to 200 days uh hands i think pushing pushing that period of time i haven't done the math on it Mm -hmm. and then i had a female that basically didn't go until almost nine months in my care so unfortunately my results were not anywhere near as successful or glorious as dan's were but the fact of what i took from it was i mean that was nine months so i don't think five to six month period is really accurate yeah (laughs) after hearing that I i wouldn't think so either yeah. So, um, and I mean, two hundred constantly... days is a little over six months. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's it, pushing it, but again, they were clearly gravid yeah. when they were imported. That's right. the other thing. Oh, right, right, right. They were clear by that point, so it's was it, it, how yeah. likely is mm-hmm. it that they came in right as they ovulated? 
and right. why is everything was going on. I could be for it to be because it would have had to be like dead on when it came in if it's going to the six months because we're pushing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, obviously, the extension period where it's nine months with the results the way they did, where most most of the babies weren't even alive, they were fully formed and they just weren't born. It's possible that was just a longer period due to complications. So right. it's definitely possible that that was extended for complications. Um. Until but, we figure it out, we'll never know. Exactly. That's one of those, until we actually have witnessed breeding and and something like that come up, It's there's got to be more information available. And unfortunately, they're brought in from a lot of the, well, some of the importers I've run into, I've heard plenty of times or plenty of times that it was a grab. When you see the ad, it was, oh, this female came in, grabbed it, and dropped all these babies. I've seen the exact same ad time after time, year after year, on the same numbers typically. It's typically the same exact ad with the same number. Oh, we got four, or we got six. Or, mm -hmm. And then you ask uh, we, you ask for more of the, the background, and the story is always the same. Um, so one of the, the interesting things there is being able to have firsthand and know the story on that was is the big, big part in there because you're understanding a little bit more as to Okay, the stories that the importers or what you're hearing when it comes in is this. This is what we're seeing, and this is what we're we're actually witnessing when we, it did come in. We had it we had it drop because um, one I've I've heard that they're dropping it in November. Um, these ones came in clearly gravid and dropped in June or not June. We got one that dropped in June, one that dropped a few months earlier. Hmm. Damn. That's so, strange, I mean, strange it's, species. It's just there's so much to still understand about these but guys. That's exciting. And the though. unfortunate, like, yeah, knowing that you're like you're, is. no one knows, and you're like willing to put in the time to do it. Yeah. And no one kind of knows what's going on with them, and it's, it's got to be pretty cool to be the first man to go to the moon. Big baller, shot car. <clears throat> well, I don't know about that. I don't want that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that. I mean, it'd be nice to have the, here's the care sheet, here's how I do it, let's right. run with it. But yeah, you could you could I be said, the one that type up. And then again, the offhand, the hands-off approach is kind of more of the, hey, are you doing it right? Well, there's just a lot well, of people that I don't think would be willing to put in the time to figure all this out. Right. You know, they'd be uh, like, oh, yeah. no one, it'd be like vine snakes or something. Like, no one's bred those, no one apparent. Like, clearly no one can figure it out. I'm not going to bother trying, so... Unfortunately, yeah. that's the that's that's where I have the problem with is these are imported, especially babies are brought in in such good numbers mm -hmm. on a regular basis that if people just start, and there's so many people online, plenty of people that are hey here's what we got here's this here's that, so you'll see them pop up and then they vanish. I'm just if you're not successful with them, that's great, that's fine. It's not great, obviously, but. My thing is, is if we can share what's going on and we can get somebody, more people to speak up about it, with the numbers that are coming in, we should definitely have more information on these animals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's a little missing. bit tough. Yeah. I mean, they're coming in and they're pretty, they're basically babies when they come in. They're basically pulling them as soon as they're born, coming in. Hmm. So they're slow. They don't grow very quickly. But at the same time, I don't think many are going to put much time into feeding the the necessary quantities. 
And are you just keeping the one species? Because I, I think Mike Clarkson. I don't know if you know Mike or not, but yes, he uh, he's got, he's got yeah, he's got the banded ones. Those are pretty wild looking. Those ones are beautiful. I wanted to get into them, but I think for right now, the elephant trunks that I have, they mm -hmm. get pretty good size. And knowing how kind of engrossed in the project I am, how yeah, much it's why, got my kind of start, fascination. Why start from scratch or something else? I don't think I'm going to get away with numerous six-foot, seven-foot tanks lining the yeah. house and a couple of four-footers here and there. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to slowly pick my battles. Pick and choose, so, man. Got to pick and choose. Yeah, I'm trying to get a, a buddy of mine hooked on him, actually. I'm trying <laughs> to get Terrell hooked on him so mm. that uh, he can get into those ones, I can get into these ones, and then we can switch later down the road when we both have a bit more space. For but sure. uh, that's one that, again, those also need a bit more time. Clark, Mike is doing pretty dang good with them. Um, they look to be pretty awesome. I've looked at them a few times, and I actually pulled the trigger and sent one to Terrell at one point. And I don't think I think in the in moving around um, and getting it settled, it never fully got settled in, um, so it ended up dying to stress and not mm. eating. Damn. Dang. But I, I blame myself on that. I kind of bought it, sent it to him, and sent it up as, "Hey, here's all the stuff." Here's what you need. Make it so. It was just a stressful thing. So yeah. they're they're not exactly a quick throw together. The aquatics definitely aren't. Uh, yeah. I don't think they're as tough as we we want them to be. I think we just have to understand the water temperatures and fluctuations a little bit better. Right. We're used we're used to set the rack, put the herm herpstat, and walk away. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly they must be healthy in the wild if they're being imported in the numbers they yeah. are. Like. Yeah. Clearly, they're doing something right in Southeast Asia where they so, come from. Somebody can go out there and just stick a thermometer in the water real quick and just yeah. You know, I see keep, what it I is. keep trying to get Dan to do it for me. I'm like Dan, <laughs> when you're out there, come on, <laughs> just take come a on, get some information with you. for me. I just need a little bit of information. If you find one in the wild, start recording everything. So if you get <laughs> bored at that pimp mansion of yours you got in Thailand, oh now, my like... gosh, dude, that house is nice. sweet. What? That yeah. house is so baller. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It makes me want to live over there. I'll leave you in a heartbeat and go live over there, Brods. Ouch. Just like that. Huh? Like you wouldn't do the same. It's just like that. You just. You can come me. visit whenever you want. Will you fly me out? Will you pay for me to come out there? Oh, I don't know about that. Well, we'll you'll have free lodging. How about we just both move out there and. Let's buy a pit cool. mansion together. Yeah. We'll this is romantic, guys. This is yeah. romantic. It'll be the... the... Romance is real. Yeah. It's a it'll... straight up rodeo right <laughs> it'll now. It'll be the... Uh, Holding on for the full eight seconds. The, the Herb Pediculture Podcast uh, mansion. Yeah. The THP pad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Love a disco ball and stuff. All right. Well, we're coming up on an hour and a half. I know there's other stuff we wanted to get into, but we might have to do... We'll do. We'll have. We'll have Tony out again for sure. Dora's revenge. I, uh, we have Riley's revenge to do still. Yeah, Dora's revenge. There you go. Tony's yeah. and then we'll Get do Riley. Tony's return. Tony's return. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other thing you guys want to hear about in this room is the uh, anacondas. <laughs> I do want to hear about the anacondas next time for sure. That'll be uh, yeah. 
I'm guess. really surprised you weren't like really Jones and to get into the granites. Uh, you know, it's uh, I, I, I pick and choose my battles. You know, I uh, I get I get my fill. I talk to, I talk pop ones with people all week. So it's uh oh well know. maybe that's yeah, what's we, we maybe can talk when when you're not around so we yeah don't that's what separates me, me and real Morelia breeders sad. who breed chondros from the brown snake guys is we never get tired of talking about chondros I'm not tired of talking about them I'm just we don't doing. need a break from chondros see that's the difference between real Morelia breeders like us we can actually shy away and focus on the topic at hand rather than bring everything back to freaking green hey, tree python it's called mastering the craft yeah. try it sometime yeah. Hey, would you call it a royal, a royal tree python? It's a, it's they're they're the uh, the royals of the sky, the ball pythons of the sky. Oh, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Ball pythons of the sky. I thought that that was pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's, but... I mean, it's what they are. You've said it yourself, yeah. Smitty. Except these actually hold market value. I mean, you're not wrong, absolutely. <laughs> but they're you, you I, they're lazier. You can market value if you just don't sell it. <laughs> don't let anything go. You don't yeah. have to worry about market value. Yeah. Then you don't have to be part of that part of that argument. Chondros exactly. are unpredictable, exciting. Yeah. And for for real men. For real men, huh? Not prepubescent boys from Wisconsin. <laughs> Oh man! Where can people find you though, Tony? Yeah, Tony. Brots keeps derailing this conversation. Oh yeah, this trying, is to, trying my to distract fault. us, and definitely take us down different routes. I am on Facebook, Revision Reptiles, um, and then I've got Instagram, Revision Reptiles. Also, uh, that's really all I'm at. I started putting a website together a few years ago. Haven't revisited it. <laughs> definitely been slacking on that and way overdue. Uh, put more time into redoing and getting my uh, my entire room converted and switched over from vision cages and a bunch of mismatched cages to getting something a little cleaner and more uniform and looking together. So yeah, I'm, I'm gotta thinking get about back doing to a, the website thing. But I'm be doing a big had, big reorganization of my room soon too. I think. Yeah, it's a commitment. Definitely. Uh, well, I want to get more definitely of those a commitment. Tubs. Plan it. Plan it out in advance. What are you what are you gonna go with? What are you going for? Well Brahms has those Python portals that I just I threw the first one together the other day and I really like it and now I wanna get it for a bunch of stuff. Dude, I'm not gonna lie, like I want a bunch <laughs> of those things. Like they're they're Dude, my phone was blowing this is, this up when is I posted game, those on MVF game changer, and stuff, dude. man. I had people asking like, "What's yeah. this stuff?" Like, people were like, "Where do you that's, get it?" Like, it was that's crazy. a game. That's a game changer, dude. This is this is big. It is. This is big. this really. This. I don't know if you saw that or not, Tony. But I got to go back and look at the video. Yeah, I saw. I, I've been meaning to look at it because I want to see how the inside edge looks. You said it's the screws come from the back, so you're using like yeah, a you just screw the, the screw to sandwich it into uh, the tub into the frame. And you did glass or plexi? Glass. You just purchased. We went to a glass store and I had it cut. Took the whole tub to the glass store. Said I need glass. Two pieces of glass for this track. Left it there nice. and picked it up the next day. My only thing is and I now don't I don't I like sliding cut. glass. I don't like sliding glass. That's Why? my only thing. I just I don't like it. I prefer drop See, down. See, I like the sliding glass. I just got a new a big six by three enclosure to upgrade my uh, larger mm. anaconda, and I am questionable how I feel about the big glass doors on that. Because it's are a they six sliding? foot by three foot. Uh, yeah. Okay. God, like I have plexi on that cage I got from you, and it's all scratched up. And 
I know. I don't mean no, plexi versus for glass, that fact but that I just clean like, it. Yeah. You don't have scratches. Right. Yeah. I just like drop and down got... doors personally. I mean, it's just a. I'm just sure a David could figure out how to make one. I don't know. Hit him up. I've always wondered about those drop downs. You like them better than the sliders? I do. And if you He's talk, weird about all the kinds hinges of stuff. pop no, off. No, no, there's the no, no, there's actually the like a. The, there was a whole discussion about it on uh, on Facebook about sliding versus drop down, and a lot of people came in and said if they could switch to drop down, they would. Um, I've you know, heard st- about that. Yeah, stuff with like snakes rubbing into in the the crack there. It's another spot for them to rub and. You know things like oh, that. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, it's little things. I'm not saying they're better. I'm just saying. Yes, I you per- are. Oh, buddy. What? Yeah, I, I think I saw do? something about that, of the the rubbing and stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, that is. I think that's dependent on the species of snake, yeah. also the setup and all of that. Because I, I've got the glass doors. I don't see much rubbing at all. Well, um, one first thing of all, that gets me is. We all One thing to... that gets me about the glass doors are the uh, rattling. Uh, we yeah. all have to realize so... that because we're keeping them in vision cages and tubs, that we're all going to hell anyways because we're supposed to be keeping them in naturalistic Bavaria the way nature intended. Oh, my God. Hey, I've got cages, I've got, or I've got enclosures, and I've got tubs. I don't have no visions no more. I got rid of those. I upgraded. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing against vision. I just nah. don't like the open concept. It, it doesn't work for me. I actually prefer the heat rope over the heat tape for sure. Yeah. Heat Working panels. in an engineering background, it uh, it definitely is more more uh, secure to have, in my opinion, to have the heat rope just because it's fully sealed. Yeah. From the elements, whereas mm-hmm. the tape is uh Yeah, if it gets scratched strip, or something. Just to. Right. That makes sense. Well yeah, because you think about it, all you have to do is cut it and clip to it, so yeah. hmm. show. that and all the fears. I hesitated for years on switching the heat tape, but folded when I switched the room. Um, and actually I'm not it's not too big a deal, not too bad. I haven't had to replace it. House this hasn't burned down. Everything's good to go. Yeah, house hasn't burned down. <laughs> smoke alarms between the ra- smoke alarms set between both rack or all the racks. So. Oh, yeah. Anything starts going, we're gonna set That's it off first. That's the first place I'm going. That's the first place I'm looking. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually um, I'm planning on designing my own rack, um, and instead of using flex using FlexWatt, uh, I plan on um, using the UltraTherm heat pads that we use on those. And then just tape it, tape it, and you know, build my own PVC rack, and then tape it to the back of it, and run the wire out, and then hook them all up into a um, belly or back heat. Belly. I mean, or back. It could work either way. You know, just you just build build your PVC rack, and then tape it to the back or the bottom, and then you know, drill a hole for the cord to go out, hook it up into a um, a uh, power strip, into a thermostat. Another stupid question. Bada bing, bada boom. You do realize the ultra therm pads are basically just heat tape in sections. Yeah, but they're also they also have a plastic coating on them. They're fire resistant, and they're they don't get nearly as hot, dude. They're not even meant to be. They're meant to not. Just be, make sure it can breathe. Right. Just make sure it can breathe. That's yeah. what starts the fire is when it can't breathe. Right. And the but these are these are made to be plugged right into a wall. They're actually they're made so they don't have to run off a thermostat. You know, they do get a little extra warm for my preference, but they're 
they're relatively safe a lot more safe than heat tape in in my opinion um yeah, but, are you a so, fire marshal? So, but no, it's just something I've been thinking about. You know, um, Ooh, I think it'd no. be a good option. But, anyways, alrighty, well, guys, episode forty-four, Herpeticulture Podcast. Everyone, Tony, please th- check out Tony's stuff. Yeah. Guys, check out Thank Tony. You guys, yeah, you guys, take it easy. We'll definitely get you on again. It's been fun. At some point, we'll make it happen again. Yeah, man. And cover all the other stuff. For sure, we'll cover yellow anacondas and pop wins next all right let's take it easy thanks all right again. man thanks yeah. man we'll talk to you later have a good one later. Bye. later bye and that concludes another episode of the herpeticulture podcast man we're good mm. I like how you went high call me butter because i'm on a roll oof a little bit of that 44 uh thank you as usual to our sponsor fishhead diagnostics uh continue to send in questions for the fishhead question of the week um if you want to support the show we got shirts available all that good stuff yep uh make sure you subscribe soundcloud SoundCloud, itunes google play spotify YouTube. YouTube now. Yes. I'm about halfway done. Dude, there's so so many on there. If you guys want to watch any of our videos, you're going to have to scroll like way down through a bunch of the episodes that we've done. But once they're they're caught up, you know, I mean, not that we shoot videos like we're supposed to be anyways. Yeah, we should be shooting Um, more. You know, all the episodes are there. It's just another another avenue for people to find us. Yep. like yeah. us on Facebook and Instagram at the Herpeticulture Podcast. Follow me at Paul Meadow Coast Exotics. Follow me at JLB Morelia. This Thank is... you for listening. Yeah. And as always, share knowledge. Nanido. Wow. That gave me chills. <laughs> All right, guys. Eargasm. Eargasm.